Welcome to the Venley Expert Talks, where we aim to inspire Web3 builders with great stories from great minds. I'm your host, Alexandra Ahrens, and I'd like to remind you that you can always reach out to us on Twitter, Discord, or LinkedIn with ideas for the podcast and questions for our guests. Welcome to episode 28 of the Venley Expert Talks. Today I'm joined by Shakib Gokup, founder of Infinite Arcade, and we are going to talk about why we need blockchain gaming platforms and not just blockchain games. Welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Alex. Great to be here. All right. So if we can get started with um, your background in life and crypto and kind of your journey the whole way along. Sure. So I'm uh, I'm Turkish, originally from Istanbul, uh, and uh, lived in Germany for a while, New York for a while, now live in the UK in the countryside. If you hear some birds chirping, that's my sort of like uh, office being in the woods, effectively. Uh, awesome. I'm father of three, uh, work and spend time with the kids, not much else really these days. Uh, they are all super young. Uh, but yeah, uh, that, that's me. Wonderful. Yeah. So um, how long have you been in the blockchain space and how did you get started? Sure. Yeah. So I, uh, I mean, very early, it was just, a, you know, buying some Bitcoin and then later on a little bit of Ethereum and, you know, doing all the ICO craziness. Uh, I started 2014-15. I was very lucky to meet some hippies on a beach in Turkey uh, all the way back. And that sort of talked to me about, you know, like the manifesto and the, and the white paper. And I was like, okay, sure. And I we had just sold our first company, me and my co-founder then. So first time I had a little bit of money in life was also, you know, around the same time I, I sort of discovered Bitcoin, which was very lucky, simply. And then 2016-ish, uh, I was very active as an angel investor, uh, started investing in Bitcoin-related uh, or crypto-related startups back then. The last 18 months more actively uh, in the in the Web3 game space and, and uh, now sort of the last year or so from the Coda standpoint uh, with my you know, day job as a, as a founder of, of Coda. Um, uh, and then more recently as with Infinite Arcade, uh, which is our sort of you know new marketplace coming from the same team, uh, we've been you know basically full time full time in crypto. Um, my background is in tech. Uh, I set an ad network uh, now about 13, 14 years ago. Uh, sold that, uh, and that was largely focused on on games, um, uh, helping mobile games make money with ads, but also distribute with ads. So that's my sort of core background. And Coda, uh, we, we built a developer enablement platform, uh, helping small teams get to market with their products in a, in a more efficient way. Uh, we have 15,000 studios using that, and 200 million people played the games that those studios made. So that's, uh, in a nutshell, hopefully helpful um, sort of background um, prior to Infinite Arcade. Uh, but yeah, uh, that, that's my background. Great. Yeah, definitely. So maybe you can talk a little bit about how infinite arcade and coda are connected or work together sure so um, coda coda platform is our you know like main uk based entity uh, and we've all uh, been part of it basically you know the, the core team since very early days me and my co-founders since day one uh, obviously uh, and then uh, with coda we had a lot of you know soul searching um, uh, over the last 12 months uh, and um, our mission has been enabling the, the little guy, so to speak, uh, to, to be successful um, in mobile, in free-to-play. Uh, and uh, free-to-play today, uh, and I think, you know, probably we should get deeper into that, why free-to-play and, and you know, blockchain, what, what it will do to free-to-play. But free-to-play uh, is effectively games you don't pay for when you download them. You can just start playing, but then you get monetized uh, in, in, you know, uh, different ways. You might buy virtual items, 
uh, via Apple Pay, Google Pay, or you just see ads, and that's how how you as a user, you know, leave value for the studio, um, uh, supposedly. But ninety percent of it goes to platforms. Uh, so that's with ninety percent being taken off the table in a centralized, you know, sort of thread games uh, sort of way, uh, like world. Um, the mission of helping the little guys is really tough because you, you're like literally trying to work against gravity, which is Apple, uh, and you're trying to work against other rules of physics, which are you know ad networks and all other sort of parties involved. Not in any way blaming; it's just like the way it works is is that, uh, and it is the most efficient way. But it's at the same time a very late stage, very sort of consolidation heavy market where these small teams struggle really to to you know like break through the crowd. Um, and uh, and with that in mind, we we said, okay, like this whole thing, I, it's been part of my personal life for a long time. Uh, you know, crypto and and what it, it could enable. Um, and finally, I think more recent, sort of 12, 12 twenty four months in, in games, at least we see use cases that broke through sort of scale limits of hundreds of users, and now we have games that actually have you know thousands of users or hundreds of thousands of users even. And and that triggered our 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 sort of uh, campaign to find what our role should be in that in that new world um, and um, and infinite arcade is the result of that solution so we are basically taking uh, everything we built uh, with coda and, and every, everything we touched everybody we, we sort of attracted in means of studios and players and we are trying to bring that to do to the new world um, uh, these are two distinct businesses in a way um, and infinite arcade we on purpose uh, you know branded separately and and, and launched separately and we call ourselves core contributors to that rather than you know CEO or, or, or whatever, with the anticipation or the intention to let it be owned by participants more broadly, uh, i.e. you know decentralized ownership. Um, I don't want to use the word DAO, but uh, you know some sort of I guess that uh, in means of ownership at least. Um, uh, but these two teams uh, are now sort of almost like mutually exclusive two businesses. Coda is a you know enablement tool for for mobile studios across the spectrum. And Infinite Arcade is a marketplace where the same mobile studios can enter the metaverse or just introduce Web3 uh, dynamics and principles into their games with, with like the lowest friction way possible. Uh, that's that's what that's what those two are, and that's how they're related. Wonderful, very comprehensive, perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, great. Then we can jump right into it. So, why do we need blockchain gaming platforms? I think you kind of just started to touch on that, but let's dive in. Sure, sure. So, um, uh, I mean, I, I obviously will talk from sort of mobile, you know, perspective. Uh, I haven't been professionally involved with anything but mobile uh, in, in games, um, and um, uh, like discovery. So, for a mobile game to be successful, it has to do two things. One is, you know, be discoverable. Uh, what I mean by this, people need to be able to find it so they can play it, um, and that is, you find them all on the app store, right? It's basically fully. Um, um, uh, effectively, fully um, centralized in in the in the app stores, um, uh, both Google and, and Apple app stores, um, uh, and they are, uh, you know, especially Apple app store, by far the most efficient, you know, um, in-app purchase sort of channel for games that ever exist. And mobile is more than double the rest of the market, and it's still faster growing. So that's that's a function of how Apple. Created this sort of fully integrated ecosystem, um, and uh, with 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 that in mind, um, it, it works great. Um, but we also see um, 
how it turns to, you know, like it's a game in the end. And to play that game, you have to pay a lot of money to, to be in front of customers, uh, mm-hmm. uh, i.e., in other words, uh, paid advertising, you know, performance marketing. Uh, and that creates a huge entry barrier and that, you know, pushes people to centralized systems uh, and ownership uh, with publishers and ad networks and all that. And it's a, it's, I've been part of that, you know, my sort of the last 15, uh, 20 years maybe and, and benefited greatly. And I think a lot of people benefited greatly. And it did, you know, bring games to 2 billion people, which wasn't mm-hmm. possible before. But at this point, um, I think it's, it's worth experimenting with true ownership of assets so uh, that more people can participate, uh, both on the consumer player and, and the maker side. Um, instead of 2% of everybody paying only, maybe 10% of people will pay because it's an asset and it's an investment rather than just an expense for entertainment. Um, and that obviously just makes the market so much larger. And then it means of uh, the distribution or the discovery side of things, when you own something, you immediately become an evangelist. Obviously, the last 10 years of crypto uh, is like a major proof of this, that people are these tribes and they get very emotional and like just promote the product uh, a lot. And that mm-hmm. we believe will will will. Uh, put uh, discovery into the sort of mouth of the people again, instead of just ads, just, you know, the the, the algorithmically driven ways to distribute games um, uh, because it does limit creativity and it does push just, you know, uh, in a way it's, it's the clickbait and social media, you know, stuff that just disturbs all of us. It, it is kind of at play in, in games too. And that I think is mainly why we believe um, Web3 principles and possibilities should be part of the wider gaming ecosystem, especially in, in mobile and, 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 and casual. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, you kind of pointed at word of mouth as being kind of the big advertiser in this situation. Yeah. Well, How do you see that working out in the long run? Sure. So, um, I mean, when, when everything sort of normalizes, if, if, if all games, I mean, let's take play to earn, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I think at this point we are all aware that that's, First of all, not the only motivation that will dominate gaming. It can't be. Not you know everybody wants to make money in their spare mm-hmm. time, uh, and um, and you know there's also obviously known sort of issues with, with with how that model might sustain. But let's just take it as an example. It's the most sort of like established. Um, uh, that um, so word of mouth for me is you know that evangelism piece when you when you benefit mm-hmm. from something you want to talk about it uh, and because of the power of that uh, we see uh, games being discovered more and more in the crypto space at least um on discord on twitter you know like maybe yeah, it's shillers and maybe you know sort of like uh, speculators but that's like the the it's a very natural behavior and also in the traditional world uh, word of mouth is after app store sort of browsing the mm-hmm. biggest way people discover games today anyway so if you can uh, move that on chain where you can recognize those movements and recommendations, uh, then that market is, is, is bound to grow in, in my mind, uh, inevitably, um, and empower uh, sort of the, the edge communities, uh, whether they are guilds or influencers or, or sort of mini guilds, um, uh, and just, you know, friends and, and family and, you know, just, you know, regular sort of people that you talk to, uh, to become slowly those points of discovery instead of, um, Right now, 50% of all game downloads on mobile happen via ads, mm-hmm. and 50% happen organically on the App Store. Uh, and organically, it's everything else, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a huge piece, um, and and um, uh, that that forces studios to go through that exact same funnel, and then you're just trying to trick the algorithm to find your ad and, and like it, and then distribute it algorithm as in Facebook, you know, TikTok, all the advertising platforms, um, and that's 
that forces your creative thinking into, okay, what is the scene in the game that will market well, uh, mm -hmm. effectively clickbait thinking, um, yeah. uh, then you try to attach a game behind it. And this is an extreme end of that spectrum in mobile casual, but it's, it is, you know, the direction that it has taken. Um, um, I mean, not trying to say that, you know, existing mobile games are all bad and they're just, you know, tricking algorithms, not at all. I think, you know, free to play is, is one of the probably best sort of oiled systems out there in means of like the amount of smart people like being added in means of CRM and user data. But um, the value extracted uh, is, is very limited and a lot of it accrues just with the tech platforms and not with the creators. And you look at the multiples of games companies in the public markets versus multiples of, you know, platforms that enable them is day and night. So that's why I, I think that forces more and more for this sort of uh, extreme power load that 10 million people make games, but only, I don't know, a few hundred thousand of them make money, basically. So that's why we believe there needs to be more sort of democratized way of, of, of getting in front of customers. And crypto, because of the ownership aspect that triggers other behavior within that, uh, is, uh, is, is likely, in our view, um, you know, a powerful tool to, to break that cycle. Um, and state, uh, coming back to your actual question, uh, you know, 10 years from now, if everything is an asset, everything is earnings, yeah, that, that just becomes a future. And in the end, it's always going to be about the best games and the best game teams. But on the way there, I think um, a lot more uh, ownership on the maker and player side can be accrued this way versus the current uh, way where, you know, out of revenues, you know, average 90% stays with advertising companies. And, and the app stores. Uh, this is this is fact, and it's just crazy. I mean, like all, mm -hmm. of all of the things we play and spend money on, ten percent leaves like, goes to the studios in the end as yeah. a sort of net uh, value. It's just uh, really not gonna yeah, not acceptable in my view. Yeah, no, that's really really good view. Um, you talked a lot about the Apple App Store. What would a App Store, Steam sort of store, look like for blockchain gaming? I think App Store, uh, Apple App Store itself would be still uh, likely the best way you find Web3 uh, enabled games or blockchain games. Uh, still, um, it's not something I, I thought about or think about long and hard, to be honest, because to me, uh, it's a nice thought. <laughs> it's like, uh, and I'm sure a lot of people are getting excited about Steam. I'm again, not so sure. Like I'm, I'm a mobile guy and I don't want to like comment on something, but I don't feel I, I know much uh, uh, with, with App Store, um, though, like the combination of device operating system, that, that whole experience, and uh, like my mom uh, is my target customer. Uh, she's she's an avid sort of word puzzle player. Sometimes she picks up sort of match three games, you know, Candy Crush type stuff. Uh, and for her, the convenience, like just not thinking about it. Um, to me, like I'll, I'll date myself a bit, but like, like the the modem and like you know dial-up modems and like birds dying in your sort of uh, on your, in your room in that little modem like those noises like that's yeah. you know like I'm going online now okay put your helmet on and like it's uh, so, uh, it's you know we, like obviously my kids now who are you know all below the age of four it's just like I mean they're like, like they don't know that concept so I think um, Apple App Store you know there's an app for that. We don't even say there's an app for that anymore. Like about five, seven years ago, that was like a cool thing. Oh, we are making an app for this. It's yeah, of course you're making an app for this. Like you don't even talk about it now. So for me, uh, those products are, are you know hard to beat, and and I don't know why we should try to beat them. Uh, from our end, a little sort of plug here. Like 
20 plus games with Infinite Arcade, which is, you know, NFT signs, Volcans, like they're live on both Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. Um, these have been submitted, uh, well, we designed those flows with our experience from the past, being on these platforms, uh, looking at the guidelines uh, and conversations with, with these platforms, not saying, you know, like anything they, they told us is like, okay, this is, but the games are live, they've been approved. And um, and the, the, the point I guess I'm trying to make is, I don't see that Web3 suddenly needs a separate channel. I think it needs, um, uh, it, it just enables new ways of discovery. The endpoint of delivery of the game still can be the App Store. Um, and in the end also, uh, this will be speculative, but like with, with Apple Pay and all the sort of, you know, media around the Epic case and like some countries, some governments even forcing Apple to allow alternative payment channels. I mean, directionally speaking, Five years from now, uh, these will be possible, um, and there will be maybe more sort of developer-friendly payment terms uh, than today. Um, and 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 our belief and our roadmap is we want to integrate with Apple Pay and let people buy the the NFT assets uh, of these games uh, also via Apple Pay. When when that will be possible, is, I I just don't know. Um, but that's the future we see. Uh, so this is why I don't think um, App Store needs to be replaced or can be replaced. Um, Discovery, though, is like how we think about it. Um, mm -hmm. That is basically what I said earlier. Uh, we believe people have the desire to promote things they like, they own, they, they are part of. Uh, this is very natural human behavior. For that to be powered further or empowered further, uh, crypto brings a lot of possibilities. Um, and we are seeing this in action right now. Where, you know, In meaningful amounts, people are already finding these games and playing these games from outside of the App Store. But they click on the App Store install button in the end to, to get the game into their phones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's not really a need for it, in your opinion, at all? I, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, like, I, uh, not saying at all, but I would like to be convinced that someone will do a better job in okay. an App Store uh, than Apple itself. I, I, okay. I mean, I would like to, I, I would like to totally see that happen uh, because I'm like all for, you know, the, 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 you know, the underdog, generally speaking, as a, as a you know, startup <laughs> founder myself. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I'm saying is um, just because we want decentralized discovery where people find games for other reasons and, and, and via other means doesn't have to mean the delivery system needs to be different. Uh, I think like I, that's like used as, as this sort of block. Um, but today already a lot of the discovery happens on ads and people, because it's like less, I guess, controversial and the, the companies behind those ad systems are much less known than Apple, there's much less scrutiny around them. But that's actually a little bit more problematic. And, and I, you know, again, personally been in that space for many, many years. Um, uh, it forces, it enables economy to grow and ads have, you know, basically financed the internet since forever. Um, but the side effects we are sort of experiencing are also maybe not the best, uh, and and that in my mind uh, is a um, is a is a potentially better future, um, mm -hmm. uh, and and that's why I don't think like if I were to you know start a company and I have to disrupt either app store or ads based distribution, I would personally not go after <laughs> Apple because <laughs> I don't know if I can make a great device as the iPhone first of all, etc. Right? Like that's, that's yeah. why I think. It's the yeah. wrong problem to focus on, in my yeah. mind, uh, in just practical terms. Uh, um, and, and maybe I'm surely I will be proven wrong many times over. But um, my preference would be we focus on um, empowering the individuals and or, or social groups to, to distribute these games in, in other ways. And that's 
what we see happen already. And that's why I think like uh, I, I rather like optimize something that exists already, which which is sort of decentralized sort of community discovery. Maybe that's how, how we should call it. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. We've got bigger fish to fry right now. We can come back to that later. Uh, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, perfect. So then if blockchain gaming and especially mobile gaming is on the App Store, how do you see that as an avenue to onboard mainstream and casual gamers? Sure. So, and that's all, that's what we're all about, really. So that's our core, you know, reason to exist um, as a business. Um I'm a gateway drug yesterday. I was on a, on a, on a call and this, this sort of like, that's like the best phrase I think I've, I've heard about this. Uh, um, people, I mean, obviously the, the crypto native teams that are the early sort of pioneers in, in this space, uh, quite natural. They come from, from sort of the, the sort of, you know, hoodies and the, I think who called them, um, these sort of dark ninja developers or whatever, right? Like these sort of like uh, <laughs> nerdy, whatever, like early sort of just, just curious people that are more mm-hmm. curious than, than myself. I'm too businessy to be very curious about detailed stuff. Um, so then they, 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 they play, they don't play Candy Crush. Like they, uh, they might do, but as a, as a, they wouldn't think of that as a game. Even. Like in their mind, a game is World of Warcraft or maybe Call of Duty or something like that, uh, which is completely fine. Uh, and, 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 um, and I would totally agree that those are more entertaining games and the metrics show that they will retain the user for far longer. But mobile and casual brought gaming to what it is today, which is, you know, largest entertainment form, more than the sum of everything else, including, you know, Hollywood and, and, and all that. Um, so uh, that's why it has to be part of the of, of this revolution. It just, there's no way around it. Um, and if you want to go beyond 500 million people, I'll just make that up, um, uh, in crypto games, well, crypto, you know, enabled games or games that use that technology in a way, you have to touch mobile and you have to touch casual. Um, so that's where the eyeballs are. That's where the normies are. And that's where my mom is. Uh, so I have to, you know, figure it out. Uh, so, um, and the way we think about it is, uh, I mean, what puts games in, in like in web three games in 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 the in the you know in the headlines is obviously axie like uh, uh incredible team incredible success story um despite everything recently happening i mean they clearly broke through the the glass ceiling of of i don't know what was the most scale product before they they got there right uh, and they were at peak four million da or like even for general game standards it's like a pretty meaningful number uh so uh with with, with and the thing they introduced, you know, that you buy an NFT and that, that enables the, the like, and it's like expensive in normal, like, you know, normally you don't pay $700 to start playing a game. Um, that, that enables then the rest of the economy to work to a certain extent. Uh, and, and that is, that is a pricing anomaly in the end. Um, when you, when you sort of just zoom back, I think it, at the time it makes a lot, made a lot of sense and it enabled this whole thing to, you know, get, get off the ground. Uh, we also adopted, to, to be clear, um, a similar approach in our sort of first product. Uh, but um, first of all, you know, again, uh, in the 2 billion people mobile free-to-play universe, you have um, only 2% paying. Mm-hmm. So 98% of people pay zero to play these games. So when you, the moment you introduce $1 uh, even, uh, or, mm-hmm. or even a small number, you, you kill 98% of the funnel, which is just completely against, you know, what we all want to do. Um so hence, I think um, that's the starting point. So free to play 
and the crypto version of that needs to be figured out properly. I think like we all talk about UX and all that, which is a big topic for us too. Uh, custodial wallets and all these things, which uh, you know, when they obviously have a, have a suit for, um, um, they are all very important. But I think game design is actually still in, in, in infancy in a lot of ways. Um, Free to play is the revolution alongside mobile uh, that that enabled opening up to many more players. So that needs to happen. Lots of good examples uh, in early stages. Lots of good sort of efforts. Um, and we are very actively thinking about that. You know, launching products uh, on that front. The other piece is how that can work from within the. And I mean, free to play immediately also means you don't have to fight Apple Pay. You don't like all the things people think in their minds are problematic for crypto games in the App Store, kind of go away when you don't have to charge something upfront. Uh, uh, so that's that. And then in means of UX, yeah, of course, at some point we want consumer spend to come in uh, or investment to come in, given these are assets that can be uh, liquidated later on. Uh, uh, and, and, and that means, you know, a very safe, secure way uh, for transactions to, to, to happen. Uh, and, and that's uh, uh, custodial, non-custodial, doesn't matter, but like that's a none, you know, like where you don't have to memorize 12 words and like all, all that experience, uh, which I'm, you know, in huge favor of um uh, just needs to go away that whole like it needs to be obfuscated um the the use cases that crypto enables uh are for power users largely today uh the fact that you can sell a game asset is is probably only going to be relevant for you know a subset of all users the fact that you can earn something will be even probably smaller subset of users etc so those uh, the, the the immutable ownership and like everything that enables um is great to have i want to know that but Unlikely that I will try to go sell my chess box from the puzzle game I play. Not me, but uh, most people out there, because I don't need that five bucks really, um, uh, etc. So I think um, I think it, it does five x or ten x to two percent of payers in the next decade. Um, but still, it's a decade, and it's 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 ten percent. So the ninety percent don't necessarily need it, but they will benefit from. The economy that that enables the creators that it enables and they, the game quality will just be much much better over time hence uh, i think it's twofold um long story short the the game design uh aspects of this need, need to be figured out uh, and because of the you know financial motivation that's at the heart of crypto industry at least on the surface um that's great but like that's not how people think of games like mm -hmm. the general audience uh, so that it needs to be great a free to play game that can then introduce you know like uh, superior sort of features with with crypto and also ux um, and i don't think there are any sort of limitations there anymore it's just a matter of time it's engineering and product problems uh, i think we'll all figure it out uh, in the sort of right kind of thing okay so obviously your focus is definitely on uh the mobile gaming aspect, and I know that that's the part you can speak mostly to. How do you see that translating or, or moving people into blockchain gaming as a whole? Um, like, I guess the, the the shortest answer is like any good tech yeah. just needs to needs to disappear. And you, if you're thinking about a way of technology, um, you know, it's probably not really sort of sort of prime time ready yet uh, mm -hmm. is like i mean one way to think about it if if i have to prime the engine of my car so it will start you know like pulling on it etc that's probably like it's not great ux uh that's how you play in a propeller plane uh fly a propeller plane right? but the car you just press the button right um, yeah. and um so if i have to think about my wallet and my crypto etc it's just 
again, you know, the pr- prime time, the, the 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 regular user just won't won't deal with us. So I think that's what mobile can teach us in my mind, and it comes with the biggest window front that ever existed, um, which is which is you know the two billion players, the devices everywhere, uh, and it's bigger than PC, console, everything else. So like to me, a world without mobile is just not. I mean, it's not not going to bring us to to mass adoption. Um, and and the beauty of the, the the convergence of of games and or just the financialization of games is you automatically give people an account that holds assets and value in that. Um, and any game and every game will effectively become where a wallet uh, has its presence um, in some ways. Um, mm-hmm. And that is probably uh, again gateway drug. Like you know, that's a very natural, very um, you know, I don't even know I'm using crypto technologies kind of way to for you to to start experiencing that and the benefits of that. And then once you sort of feel the magic of in the physical world being able to pay with your whatever token uh, or just a stable token that you exchange quickly on, on, on your phone again uh, and you go to a cafe or, or, or supermarket that, that this has happened. And, and uh, so for me, the easier part is, is people spending their money in real world. Um, the harder problem is, or the earlier stage problem is how you get those wallets into those games and into people's devices. Uh, but people download games all the time. Uh, trillions of downloads happen every year, uh, and 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 that uh, sort of refreshing of content, we just have to place ourselves as a as a collective into those you know refreshing of the content in people's phones, and then you know maybe one app is right now only crypto, your Coinbase app or whatever exchange you're using, um, and and if it, if it gets into games, I have hundred games in my phone, probably I'm crazy, but a lot of people have you know tens of games in their phones, then suddenly I have tens of wallets in my phone and then they all talk and etc so that's i think why mobile just you know besides work like do you use your computer offer I, I don't i don't know how many people do anymore um, so that's how i think about it so mobile and and, and casual again uh, is not anything special it's just the biggest way by far biggest category of, of you know individual sort of people is casual uh, within mobile so no that makes sense that makes sense perfect um what do game developers need to think about when creating blockchain games specifically for mobile or otherwise? Sure. So, um, so I think a couple of things that apply to any kind of games uh, that that you know any kind of any kind of blockchain game. Um, we summarize in four four buckets. Um, so, first one is I think the most sort of obvious one, and I, I think enough great teams are working on it at this point and we will see you know great solutions you know more and more like available uh, which is the the tech problem right like if you have to work on solidity or 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 or, or rust or like it's it's all just relatively new um, and game makers don't come from deep engineering background typically of course a lot of them are great engineers um but uh they they are you know they are creative engineers sort of and, and they they will be good at um game development um and and uh, that is you know like unity in mobile you know by far the largest engine um and uh, and uh, like learning a completely different language type and you know design architect all of that is fairly prohibitive uh, and and then currently you know also just generally speaking blockchain engineers are are very you know hard to find expensive so that's like the, the first starting problem i think I mean, obviously, you guys uh, have a big play there, so um, I don't need to, sort of, uh, <laughs> to like explain that further, I guess. Um, so the second thing we see, um, again, sort of going in the practicality, sort of like pyramid, um, uh, is is effectively, you know, to like the the 
figuring out the game design piece. So like free to play, why it succeeded so much is, is, is a is a is a hive mind of 10 million plus game developers um, that learned from each other over over 10 years that uh, just optimized to the final sort of you know pi doesn't have as many sort of you know digits after the comma so that's that's like free to play and how people uh you know how it got to where it is it's just like i mean it's crazy stuff that people mm-hmm. do there because because of this sort of um you know long-standing tradition of many many people optimizing and being able to learn from each other not exactly open source but the the best practices show themselves pretty quickly and then you can go sort of build on top of them um here though like uh, I don't know if 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 I'll be completely wrong in this, but like there is no game because of the age of the industry. Simply, there is no game that went beyond, uh, you know, millions yet, and there's only one really that did that um, and sustained. And you know, it's just very natural. So for you as a studio to to start doing this, you are like jumping into this unknownness basically. That R and D is six months, twelve months, eighteen months, even for a mobile game. Um, and yes, you know, venture is is abundant uh, or was abundant up until next week, uh, last week, sorry. Um, but uh, but it's still not easy for a standalone studio to find that. So like that, um, I'm gonna build an NFT game and I'm dropping everything else is like a big decision. It's just uh, you know these are SMEs in the end that just so that's like the second piece. And um, I think people need to be very careful about that decision too. Honestly, if you don't have that like extreme conviction that this is indeed happening and and you are ready to survive many winters to come and the cycles are shorter now so you have you know rally for six months winter for five months and then crashes like etc so it's not easy to build uh, in crypto and we are you know just personally experiencing this is uh, and it's new um third and more sort of tangibly um tokenomics again uh that whole best practice piece etc like remains to be seen what uh winners look like um and bringing it to mobile and casual tokenomics means basically the economy needs to sustain and and your your payers need to be happy with what they paid for over a certain amount of time right like that that asset needs to retain value it's, it's like i'm sure there's a lot more to it but simplified this is what it should do um and a casual game retains in the months versus in the years compared to like an mmorpg or or, or a deeper strategy game or a first person shooter and even there handful games ever made it past 10 plus and and very few games really are like in the years um a lot of them just die and and i think we are all realizing how hard individual game investments are uh, and and you know it's a professional sort of effort to to do that so um tokenomics design and and all that it's not just resource constraint but also in fact remains to be seen how a successful one looks like um finally for sort of uh horse of the apocalypse uh is uh is community um it's, uh is is uh i mean hard things are hard right so that's uh, i think it's just good to be honest about them and community against sort of similar sort of reason to why tokenomics are really hard is uh it's exciting to be talking to your customers it's like really i enjoy it so much to be on on, on discord and telegram and like reading and listening uh and and you know contributing as much as i can um but um again in casual especially you know First of all, my mom won't ever be on Discord. So like she doesn't want to talk to other players about the word puzzle game. So and like that's fine. Um so when you think mass, like community, what that means is, is like let's see, right? Uh, it's it's a discovery uh, stage, I would say. Plus um for them to sustain into in a single casual game, this is also really difficult. Uh 
uh, I, I would say. I mean, like, do you feel that sort of belonging to a word puzzle game? I'm not, not so sure. But you play it for, for months and, and hours. Uh, but I, 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 right. So that's why I think, like, especially in, in casual and mobile individual games, surviving in the wild with their own token, with their own community, with like in the noise, uh, I just don't see that happening. Hence, I think, um, and this is inevitably a lead up to what we do. We, we are that arcades and we believe um, uh, we want to harness the strength of the of the masses of traders um, where best ones will get the best chance to be in front of players and, and be discovered by them and be played by them, be invested in by them. Um, but those makers don't necessarily have to build and promote a token that in a game where, you know, match three game has very little utility and, and just very little chance to survive beyond a hype cycle of maybe six months. Uh, those are, in our minds, like the four big problems. Um, and again, the technology layer, I think, being worked on actively, well-funded, great teams out there. Um, um, community, tokenomics, various attempts there, but uh, and, and we are one of them to consolidate and aggregate game talent and players and then just like be that meta layer basic that lives across many of these games um, and I mean the NFT game sort of it's more of a pipeline roadmap kind of thing um, that, that will result itself I think as more and more proven uh, games are out there um, so these in our view are the four uh, really sort of you know hurdles to, to, to survive uh, if you want to work on these games yeah no that's good very very clear um, talking about tokenomics or economics of the game would you say there's a right and a wrong way to set up those economics or? Yeah, I mean, we are seeing that there are many wrong ways, turns <laughs> out. Um, uh, and and, and uh, it's it's hard because it's you're, you're a public company from uh, day one, right? Like I think that seen as a fundraising method draw a lot of people to go and, and you know, get money in from the public, from the players, from the communities. And then uh, also, you know, NFT sales and drops and, you know, floor prices, that whole focus on that. It's tempting because it's like cash, hard cash in your account. And you're like, okay, now we can build. But it also leads to the fact that you are responsible and you're answering. And product is not a committee work, uh, really. Uh, and product is is not something that you put on a shelf. And like, I don't know how many times I have to update my computer. And this thing has existed for 50 years. Um, so, uh, or, or the OS maybe for, for a shorter amount of time. So expecting that the white paper you wrote in a PDF and put on your website will be meaningful in, in, in two weeks from then is, is crazy. And that's why, um, yeah, a lot of the current ways are wrong, clearly, because all the tokens are tanking. But uh, I don't think that's how we should look at that uh, and, and how we should work on this. And that's how we don't. We don't think about it that way. We, we and, and and my like sort of humble recommendation: it's a product. Your mm-hmm. your token and your game is a, is a product. It needs to be iterated on. You will surely make a lot of mistakes, and that's just natural. Um, but the teams who uh, get to make the least amount of mistakes or or get to respond fastest to those mistakes will win. And that's how tech just simply works. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I mean, like the you know the ponziomics what and whatnot like there are a lot of proven wrong ways i think that people are moving away from um but uh it, this whole like we we sat down and we are you know economists and we are designers and we came up with this method you have to live opposite as as gaming people would call it like you have to just play around with it all the time but that being public makes it really hard because you're getting this onslaught of response from the community 
and you go out with one promise and then you change, you nerf the, the, the economy, you reduce the abilities of your NFT or whatever, then yeah, some people will, will not be happy, but you either die as an ecosystem or you make those hard decisions and, and, and you move on. So that's, that's how I think about that. Uh, I don't kind of obviously have like, okay, this is, you know, the best way to do economy and then you, you, you'll be set for life. <laughs> All I can say is like, uh, we are putting in best effort Mm-hmm. The best people that you know will take us uh, as a as a you know uh, as a team um, to work on this and, and empower them to make the right sort of decisions and and, and the testing and all that um, uh, in combination and sort of collaboration with the community. But in the end, um, uh, we, it's also clear, I think, to many of us that uh, you don't build you know great products in uh, in, a, in a voting system. So. Um, uh, that's why I think like we all need to just accept that there will be ups and downs, and, and we, our job is to find sort of the, the balance uh, and, and be be honest about it. Yeah. Okay. So correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I understood, the only right quote unquote way to do this is to be flexible and changeable and be open about that from the start. Yeah. Exactly. I think you you have to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. Okay. A little bit earlier, we talked about having all those wallets and all the different games and how they're talking to each other. So in your opinion, what does that interoperability between blockchain games look like? Sure. Yeah. So it's funny to see that people are trying to reinvent bartering and <laughs> realize it's a bit difficult uh, and, and then they go invent money. Uh, so I think like it's just... Super sexy, of course, to think about. Oh, I'll get my AK-40 from whatever game, and then I'll I'll go to the Stone Age, and like suddenly I'm king. I don't know what where the motivation comes from. It's just this really great idea, like brilliant. Like I take my asset, and but uh, you don't try to pay with rice in a butcher shop. It's just not what we do in real life. I I don't know where this comes from. I just don't understand the vision, frankly. Uh, maybe not. I'm maybe I'm not a hardcore enough gamer potentially. Uh, um, Assets talking to each other is, is great, but playable assets talking to each other is, is a whole different game. And I'm not sure I, I see the reason. So like, I want to like start off killing that first, like just from my perspective. And um, I'm making these crazy, I, I hope nobody finds this uh, 10 years from now, but actually, you know, smart people figured it out. But like for the time being, I'm ha- sort of easy. It's easy to be sort of a, a naysayer on that one as of today, at least. Um, so uh, hence, like our focus has been on, on, non-playable assets uh, being you know a, a key to content uh, uh, access to tournaments uh, and and when you have a fungible token you know a currency um, obviously that does what money can do it's very sort of flexible you can do whatever you want with it um, but nfts don't have to be playable and nfts don't have to be inside the actual core gameplay um and um and and our design around this basically the nfts can have utility uh such as identity access um increasing your chance of you know doing xyz uh, within the game but they don't have to be actual playable assets and that's how we think about interoperability and that would mean Axie holders or or Solchix holders or you know whatever game or non-game NFT community out there, they could extend the utility of their NFTs by providing access to other games potentially or other benefits. Um, and uh, I mean, uh, what we are building with Infinite Arcade is effectively that that layer where people can let other games be your meta game. So if I'm playing a 
again word game i'm collecting you know i'm i'm winning i'm collecting these tokens um, and maybe i'm unlocking sort of uh, even like nft assets uh, nfts um, and and if i can go use those in the next game and the reason i'm able to do so is because that next game has a same meta uh, understanding and and design um, uh, both with the fungible part but also with uh, you know like non fungible assets like avatars simply um, then um, then then that connects games and in the end that's all we do in real life too you you do certain things so you can do other things and that connection is not uh, items like what we are wearing or whatever uh, that's money largely and that's like the common denominator across everything um, so for me interoperability starts with fungible tokens. Uh, and that's that's what DeFi did um, in, in the non-game world, and that's really powerful. Um, and it goes into NFTs, um, uh, but not really soon, or like it doesn't have to touch uh, playable NFTs. Where you know, and, and so anyway, so that's that's uh, how we think about that. Um, happy to you know make it more more concrete, but hope that that made some sense at least. Yeah, yeah, that works for me. That's good. Okay. Um, yeah. How can someone go about creating the seamless UX in blockchain gaming so that everyone from, you know, the super serious player to your mom get involved? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I guess a couple of things. Um, and I was reading a great article on this actually uh, ju- just today. Um, uh, and maybe I have that answer to you, like who should be on your next uh, with that um uh, i think like a couple of sort of key things uh, like are are pre- pretty obvious and are, are doable like i think upfront cost needs to be reduced eliminated whatever that's like pretty basic um and when you don't think of play to earn as the only way uh, for this ecosystem to exist um uh, that becomes pretty obvious like you don't want to limit the number of people you want to have as many players as possible because in the end you know your game itself is probably a better funnel where you can convert transactions and, and monetize um, compared to like external systems like ads and, and whatnot so you want people to be in your game so you can talk to them and show things to them and, and all that so that's why like the initial barrier needs to just go away as much as possible so that's i think like one uh, UX wise, you know, go figure out what Polygon is and then create a MetaMask and then go back and then like this sort of seven step off game, off app, off whatever, like flow to pull you back into. And then, yeah, you, you, I mean, the money part is covered, like that whole flow. Um, Polygon is super powerful. We are very happy to be using Polygon and be built on Polygon. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and this is nothing to do with them. It's just like, I know I can connect my Facebook. I know I can Apple sign, like whatever those systems are. I just want to use that. I, I know that it's like well-proven or whatever device ID, like don't make me go write down 12 words on a, on a post-it that I will lose anyway. So like, um, that's, uh, so that's like, I think UX, like that starts with that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just, I want to play the game. I don't want to like pay and go on discord and figure out, like, I know that's a very exciting journey for a certain persona and, and, and they exist and they are great and they fuel. And I think the non-player persona is, is important and here to stay. But uh, if we're talking players and that's the masses, um, then, you know, sort of um, the, like free to play again, like has to be the way and, and like instant access and immediate access has to be, has to be the way. Um, uh, then I think like a lot of myth busting needs to happen around Apple, Google app stores uh, and a lot more developers need to be thinking about mobile 
crypto games uh, or mobile sort of Web3 games. Uh, uh, that's more education and, you know, we are part of that sort of group, I guess, that, that are trying to work on that. Um, these platforms are not against NFTs or crypto. Uh, they are against a certain few things. Uh, they want to be able to capture value. Uh, you have your opinion on, you know, what that value is and like, and if it's fair or not, that's fine. But they 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 own the device, they own everything. So they have, they want to, they can do that. Um, uh, but they also provide a lot of value. I, I think so. Like that piece needs to be made with the fact that that's the biggest funnel, and we all should be or want to be on there. Um, so that's the other thing. Anyway, so these are sort of couple sort of headlines in my mind that um, that um, like financialized gaming or like DeFi like gaming is is a great experiment and I think there will always be interest for that. Um where you go stake in and then come back in a couple hours and then you know you click a few buttons and then collect and then that's I think like interesting UX for DeFi almost rather than being a game. Uh but if you're again talking in masses I think like uh, it needs to be a game first. Um and and then you you think about this as a tool, as a new tool in your toolbox. Uh, uh, real assets uh, and 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 you know all these other things. And yeah, you may want to tap into the tactics of DeFi. Uh, why not if it works for your game? Uh, but it shouldn't be like the first thing you do, and then you you try to build the game backwards from that. It's just not going to work. Uh, I think it's showing itself now as well that we've been in this for sort of new generation, like sort of eighteen twenty four months. Uh, Great. All right. Um, that's about it for me. Is there anything that you want to plug? Anything exciting happening for any of your companies or you personally? Or, um, well, yeah, we are going to Turkey for a couple of months. So Ooh, that's very that's exciting. exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be. Yeah, that's good. I'm going to be in the sun uh, for for some time. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we are we we, we just launched a couple of months ago. Uh, we are growing our community. I mean, constantly there are new launches after, so there's nothing specific. Um, uh but yeah it was great great to be here talking to you alex thank you so much yeah thank you um quick before you go though uh who should we have on vet next you mentioned someone i don't know this guy to be honest I no just, you don't know like, this guy with, yeah i i don't so i mean like i'm the guy i'm gonna talk with like nat eliasson i like literally just today came across his article uh uh crypto gaming is broken how do we fix it maybe games shouldn't cost one thousand dollars to pay play uh, that's his article. I'm happy to send you the link afterwards. Uh, and I, I, I sort of spoke a few of the the arguments he made, but they are like so core to how we think. Uh, that's why, like, seeing that and it's like very recent. Uh, hence, uh, yeah, I would love him, uh, love to listen to him in more detail, basically. So if you okay. can get him, uh, <laughs> cool. Then yeah, send me that link, and I'll put the link to that also in the show notes for everybody to check out. And uh, we'll see what we can do. So. <laughs> perfect awesome. all right well then yeah thank you so much for your time and enjoy turkey and uh hopefully we can meet in person sometime soon thank you so much Alex. thanks